with me to the book of first Corinthians chapter 15 and this evening maybe I will step a little on some toes because personally I don't like the way some of us are taking the work of the Lord and it is time now that this mentality, this disposition, this attitude in the way we undo the work of God, which is the call of God on our lives, this is the time we are to change it. And you will know why. First Corinthians chapter 15, verse 9 and 10. For I am the least of the apostles. And I'm not fit to be called an apostle. Because I persecuted the church of God. But by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace toward me was not in vain. I labored, and I'd like you to put your mind on that because that is our emphasis this evening. I labored more abundantly than all of them. Yet not high, but the grace of God which was with me. Let me begin by Allowing you to understand that the Apostle Paul, we have been studying his life right from the beginning of this month. Grace made Apostle Paul, according to that first Corinthians chapter 15, verse 9, grace made him to become who he became. And I like your heart to be here. Whatever you are going to become in Christ, in life, you can only become it by the grace of God. You cannot become anything in God outside His grace. If He will not allow you to become what you will become, nobody can query him. 
So nobody become anything. Nobody becomes something through God without the grace of God. And that grace means without the special ability, special free gift, something that is beyond what your effort can do. Nobody can become anything in the hands of God by himself or by herself. So Apostle Paul acknowledged grace in becoming what he became. The reason many of us are not yet still becoming what God wants us to become is that we don't yet acknowledge grace in what we have already become. So God is watching you and saying if she becomes more, she will may still think that at becoming what she has become now again has been by her effort. God can make you to become beyond who you ever imagined you could become only if you can always acknowledge the grace of becoming. So, Apostle Paul, grace made him to become what he became. And can I emphasize more? God has such a great plan for our lives that if we can only acknowledge our making by grace, what God wants to make out of us, nothing can stop it. So when you look at the life of Apostle Paul, he acknowledged grace that made him to become what he has become. And also, he acknowledged that grace enabled him to do what was required to become what he became. And I'm bringing you to two dimensions of grace now. And you need to flow with me. This message is important. There is what we call making grace. There is what we call enabling grace. So, Apostle Paul acknowledged the making grace. But nothing is made without certain factors that made it. You can't become an engineer and just say, I am made an engineer. No. There has been a process of becoming an engineer in your secondary school, in the way you study, in the way you were serious with your studies, in the way you enter the university, in the way you get yourself committed, you have been made an engineer, but you were not made an engineer in vague. There was a process that turned you to an engineer. There were certain things you did. If you don't do those things, you won't become an engineer. 
So there are, there are believers, there are many of us that God has a great making for what we are to become. But you can't become what God wants you to become without doing certain things to become it. Are you please getting it? So there is what to do to become who God wants us to be. So Apostle Paul said, I am what I am by the grace of God. My making, I acknowledge grace. And he now said, the grace that was bestowed upon me was not in vain. Because I labored more than they all. They all there means all other apostles that were before him. But he now said, yet not high. But the grace of God that was If they have told me that this is who I'm going to become, I won't believe it. So there are two dimensions of grace in excelling in your calling. The making grace and the enabling grace. Now, in between the two is what God is bringing before us this evening. Apostle Paul was made by grace. But his making was enabled by grace. Grace, which is the special ability. What is in between is making and is enablement. 
It is what we call labor. Somebody say labor. we are going to be who God wants us to be in him. If our lives will not be limited in the progress that God has ordained for your life. Please listen to me very carefully. You must have labor's mentality with grace. You must have labor's mentality or a laborer's mentality. The reason many people are limited is because of this that I'm saying to you. It's because they don't have a laborer's mentality with the grace of God. Every grace that God gives and bestows upon a life without a laborer's mentality, that grace will not speak. So I want to bring you to about six of a laborer's mentality that Apostle Paul had about grace that made him to become what he became in the hand of God and that can make you and I to become something you cannot explain. Number one, Apostle Paul had a laborer's mentality of the grace of God in me must not be found to be nothing. The mentality of Apostle Paul as he got the grace of God he wasn't the only one, only apostle who got the grace of God. Just as you are not the only believer that is getting the grace of God. I am not the only person. But he had the mentality that the grace of God on me must not be found to be nothing. People will not look at my life. have received the grace of God to be called into an assignment. They have received opportunities. But at the end of the day, when you look at their lives, nothing is brought out of the opportunity. Nothing. So you now look at a life that has such opportunity and you ask, what is what has what has this person brought out of this opportunity? That means this opportunity is nothing. 
The example is Judas Iscariot. He had grace of the apostleship. He was numbered among the twelve. And before you are going to begin to challenge me that, sir, is he his fault? Was his name written in the Bible in any place that is Judas Iscariot that would betray Jesus? Did you ever find it anywhere? If you read Psalm 69, the prophecy was given, but it was not attached to his name. But anybody can, by own self, can walk to evil prophecy. So the grace of being one of the disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ. Ah, he wasn't a disciple of Gamaliel. A disciple of our Savior. For Judas Iscariot, it was nothing. And the question I keep asking myself. Is the grace of God not being found to be nothing on my life? On certain gifts God has given to me. On the calling of God upon my life that some people don't have the opportunity. Certain things that I can do well. I can do without struggle. Some people desire to do these things. But they don't have the grace. They don't have the gift. They don't have the calling. But I have it. Now does it not look as if this that God has given to me is found to be nothing. So Apostle Paul had a laborer's mentality of the grace of God on me will never be found to be nothing. So when you hear that there is one soul of Tassos that became Paul that was persecuting the church and was doing it diligently. He did it so well in a wrong direction. But when the grace of Jesus found him who was not qualified to be an apostle, it won't be said that even after being found, what found him was nothing. In few years to this time, some people will be asking when you begin to tell them how long you have been saved. They will be, want, they will be waiting to know if you have been saved for 20 years. Does it mean the grace that saves a person who is 20 years old in faith can still make your life to be like this? <laughs> you know, it, I, it, it affects me when I hear people confidently say, I was born again in 1985. And now, in 2023, your life has done nothing for the Lord. Only thing you can tell us is that in 1985, you were born again. Should you even say it? If some of us should be telling one another now, the year you were born again. Some of us, you were not born again 10 years ago. So that means if Obalulua is sitting there and you are saying, I was born again 10 years ago. And we are looking at a boy that is going to be 10 years. 
and we look at your own life. A boy is growing and your own life. Did this salvation that you have received for 10 years, what has it not proved to be nothing? And whether you like it or not, can I tell you? Years are counting. So Apostle Paul said, for me, I have a mentality that the grace of God upon my life will not be found to be nothing. Number two, Apostle Paul had a laborer's mentality that the grace given to me must not be fruitless. How can you have a tree that has been planted? I think something like that was mentioned on Sunday. Because I have, you know, some of us now, we had a message, you were here. I have listened to that message than all of us. I have listened to that message, if not more than six times now. At least to be modest. Listen to it from beginning to the end. And that's how I listen. I was listening to that message maybe about fifth time yesterday and I got something that I didn't get. I was like, ah, did she mention this? Well, I didn't even hear some of these things, but those things were now saying about time of listening to the message, including the message of the lead class. So I don't know why you don't care to listen and over and over to the message that comes from here. You know, the grace of God has been so I'm tapping out of your grace. And I would love to be tapping more. Glory be to Jesus. <laughs> Apostle Paul said, the grace given to me must not be fruitless. I must not carry grace that at the end of the day, the fruit that grace is supposed to produce, when God checks on my life, I still remain barren in grace. If I tell you some of us now that are seated here, there are lives that are supposed to be thanking God. Maybe 10, maybe 20, maybe 30, maybe 50. Thanking God that, ah, thank God that brother me knows Christ. Thank God that the grace of God is upon his life. What is the fruit that the grace to sink that God has given to you? What fruit is it bearing? Grace to give, which is the give. There are people, their calling is to give. There are people, their calling is to help. Help ministry. There are people, their calling is intercession. Everybody is called to pray, but there are people called to be intercessors. There is what we call gift of intercession. When you see those who have that gift and that calling, when you are tired praying two hours, they feel they have just prayed two minutes. There are people with the gift of mercy. 
There are people with the calling of the gift of knowledge. What you call the word of knowledge. Really, it's not just word of knowledge. It's knowledge. What you think is word of knowledge should be brought under the gift of prophecy. That word of knowledge that the body of Christ has generally accepted as the gift of the word of is knowledge. is special knowledge. There are people, you just have special knowledge of things that other people don't know. The word, the gift, the calling you call the gift of the word of wisdom should be under gift of prophecy. There are people with the calling of the gift of wisdom. There are people that all of us, we trust God for certain dimensions of his wisdom to solve problems. There are people that when you go to them, they don't need to tell you come back. When they utter words like this, whatever you share with them, the situations, the problems are solved. I have a mentor. My wife knows. <laughs> Till now, when he talks to you, when he dissects issues of your life and you share before you know it, he will give you, he will speak words of solution. You'll be wondering, where is this wisdom coming from? There are people that have the calling. They are called to lead. And while they are still existing, many people are going into trouble around them. Because the gift of God, the calling of God upon their life is fruitless. So can I ask you, what fruit has the call of God on your life has been bearing? Is the grace of God on your life bearing? Are you just comfortable coming to church, lifting up holy hands, I just pray, I just go? No. Of course, Jesus said in John 15, without me, you can do nothing. He was talking about the grace of God. But in him, you are to do something. You are to be fruitful. He said, all these years I have come to look for fruit on this tree. But I have found none. Is that the description of your life? So Apostle Paul said, for me, and I, I want your cry tonight to be, Lord, for me from today, I, your grace will not be fruitless in my life anymore. Number three, laborers' mentality that Apostle Paul had is that the grace of God on my life must not be with effect. The grace of God on my life must not be without effect. I don't want to carry ineffective grace. The grace of God is always with effect. David was in the bush. When the grace of God came upon him, he brought down a giant. Joseph was a prisoner. When the grace of God was upon him, the grace of God produced effect in Egypt. 
Pharaoh said, there is no one who is as discreet as you are. From now, you will teach my senators wisdom. He brought to Egypt grace that could not be silenced. Can you be in some organizations and there is grace on your life and they are looking for how to solve a problem for which you carry grace? That grace is, with, is without effect. You know, many of us think that the only way people will know that Jesus is Lord is when you open your mouth and say, can you come to Jesus? How many people did Joseph tell about come and see Jesus, save commands? All that you saw from the life of Joseph is that he manifested the calling of God. He excelled in the calling of God upon his life and they recognized that grace. It was absurd in Egypt that an Israelite, an Hebrew, we got there and we become a prime minister. But you can't deny grace that is generating effect. You may not like the face, but you can't deny grace that is generating effect. People may not like your face, but they can't grace when it is generating effect. And if I tell you, as I'm talking to you now, that all the things you are praying for, uh, Lord, uh, why am I not getting this? Lord, why am I not? Why am I struggling? Lord, why am I? It's because you need to pray. Her God, your grace on my life, let it be with effect. When grace is, can Joseph begin to ask, how will he survive? Did he have any problem of money? You can't. Number four. Apostle Paul had a laborious mentality of I will not waste God's grace given to me. I will not waste it. I will not waste it. I will not waste God's grace given to me. You know, I have seen people wasting opportunities of God. Grace of God. You are given an assignment. Maybe even in, your, in the church where you are. <laughs> Excuse me, sir. Don't waste it. Do you know the grace to lead the sheep? If David had wasted it, he will have lost the grace to lead Israel. So, that young man at that age appreciated that any grace given to me, even if I have been privileged to be a sweeper, a cleaner in the kingdom of God, I won't waste this grace. Because God does not multiply the grace you have wasted. <laughs> Do you hear? What will he multiply? You have wasted it. Number five. Do you get what the Lord is dealing with tonight? A laborer's mentality with grace. That was Apostle Paul. 
Number five, Apostle Paul said, the grace of God on me must not be without resort. That's another mentality. Mentality of the grace of God on me must produce resort. And it, what we justify, whatever assignment you are giving, is the result that assignment can produce. You can't tell people you are a farmer when you are not bringing harvest. So Apostle Paul said, the grace of God upon me will be with the result. Number six, which is the original meaning of this King James word of the grace that was bestowed on me was not in vain, which is called kenos. The Greek word there in vain is kenos. What does that mean? Apostle Paul was saying the grace of God will not be found empty. In vain, that King James used, kenos is called empty. I will not be a believer with empty grace. You come to come and look into that grace and you find that life empty. No treasure. Nothing to benefit from that life. Nothing to be blessed through that life. Oh my God. Kenos. Apostle Paul was saying, Barkenos. The grace of God upon my life will not be. See, I pray there is a transfer of burden to you. What I'm sharing with you is what keeps me up in the night. What, when I wake up in the morning, what drives me is that may the grace of God upon my life not be found kenos. When I knew God has given me grace to write books, what first pod I've told you before, the writing of my first book is that I don't know how the thought just came that if you die now, what will actually be remembered. What will be blessing the people that you have left after you are gone? And while I was thinking about that, thinking about that, the fire that the book that God has deposited in me, the books will not go. Will not be. Nobody, nobody will be looking for those books in burial ground. I don't, I don't know the way you are seeing life. But this word for me is a passage. You know, some of us don't know. Some of us, are, we are becoming some colleagues. For some of us, God will make a very long, 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 long time for us to become such colleague. And I will tell you what that colleague means. I lost my mother when I was a teenager. If somebody will tell me that my mother will die one day, I will tell you, I don't believe so. 
But when my mother died, I knew people always die. So, I lost my father before I was married. When my father died, and I will see the picture, I still saw his picture a few days back, and I remember the days that my father used to correct me, used to give me words of wisdom, words inside words. My father taught me certain principles of life that when I will find myself among people and I will behave, they will be wondering, where is this one coming from? And I discovered that God started positioning me among those that are far older than me. Why? Because I grew. I thought it was a disgrace to be born at the time my father gave birth to me. I didn't know God deliberately sent me there because of grace. But do you know where I'm going? Each time I remember that there were times I was me and my siblings were with our parent. But they have been with the they have gone to be with the Lord. I also remember, a day is coming. Whether I like it or not, I will go and meet him. You better tell yourself that reality. Death is not a surprise. So how are you living your life? And every day, your days are getting reduced and numbered on the earth. So what Afraid to leave this world. Why wow, people turn this world to a place? It's a loss of sense of calling. Knowing that, see, the grace of God must not be chaos on your life. So when I, by grace, like Apostle Paul, by grace I first published my first book, there was a joy in my heart. The Lord Thank you. But I know there is more. I'm challenging you. Your life is more than just waking up, eating, pursuing. Ah, are we going to build houses? Are we going to buy cars? May the grace of God on your life not be chaos. There are people who have gone to this world, who have come to this world. You don't ever know that they have ever come. There are people who have come to this world until now, it looks as if they are still alive. They are still around. Do I have a witness in the house? <laughs> See, whether you, I am a reader of books to an extent. I read the books of people who have gone to be with the Lord. They are still blessing me. So I say that, wow, what a life. What life am I living? And it's not just writing books. If you're, if you're calling, you're calling. It's just help calling. Don't allow grace of your calling to be chaos. Mother Teresa, they were looking at her in her lifetime. How can a woman so much dedicate herself to people who have no way to reward her? Mother Teresa would be taking care of homeless people Less privileged, aged people, she dedicated and devoted her life to that. There are many rich people that have come that came in the time she came to the world. You don't hear about any of them now. They were stinkling rich. They, they got all the world, but where are their names? But today, 
Mother Teresa, you have to remember why the grace of God on her life was not chaos. Say the grace of God on my life will not be chaos. Oh my God. Can you pray where you are seated and just beg the Lord concerning this. Lord, your grace on my life. Don't let it be chaos. You are what you are today by the grace of God. Many of our mates have died. Some died at birth. Some could not go to school. You know how the grace of God helped you and made you, enabled you to go to school so that you can enjoy this opportunity you have today. Maybe you didn't go to school. There are people like you who also didn't go to school but they don't have the opportunities that you have today. They are not among the people who God has brought you into their midst today. They are not hearing this that you are hearing. There are people who desire to hear this kind of message. They will tell you, if I had this message five years ago, ten years ago, my life will not be chaos. Some of us, many of us, we are not supposed to be where we are today. It's not because of your qualification. It's not because you know how to, to, to talk. You know how to do things. Oh, look at your life. Your life is not miserable because of the grace of God. Will you pray that your, the grace of God will not be chaos on your life? Oh, kabarashata ya lababara. Oh, kababarashata ya lababara. Lord, don't let your grace be chaos. I will excel. I will excel. I will excel in your grace. I will excel in your calling upon my life. I will be a blessing to my generation. I will excel. I will exhale. I will exhale. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. I'm praying again for you tonight and for myself that the grace of God will not be chaos upon our lives. It will not be wasted grace. It will not be grace found to be nothing. It will not be fruitless grace. It will not be grace without effect. It will not be grace that is not generating result. For the Lord in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Please do you understand the dealings tonight? If I were you, if you are thoughtful, you will be graceful. If you are thoughtful, if you see anybody who is very thoughtful, they are grace carriers. Because you would think deep. What is my life meant for? How far have I really lived 
in the purpose of God for my life. How far? How well have I maximized the grace? My wife can tell you more about the story of my life. If they tell you, I standing before you will be able to stand today with what the enemy did with my life. That's why when people offend me, eh, before your offense, you are forgiven. I don't have any claim. I, I don't. I don't. I, see, my commitment to God is not because he will kill me if I don't serve him. It's because I will be an ingrate. If I, if I stick, I'm still praying, Lord, will you affect my life so that everything about my life is just given to you? I'm not in ministry to make money. I'm not looking for fame. I'm not looking for position. I'm just looking for one thing. Let the grace that made me to be like this not be a regret to the one who bestowed it. of my life, all the things I've enjoyed. Are you listening to me? I've never been qualified for one. I was leaving school. The Lord was saying to me, son, you will not need your certificate to do anything. I will be enough for you. And I have to enroll in the Bible school where I need a certificate. They gave me an office that somebody needed to go and check my certificate and said, why do you have to give him this kind of office? The person who even gave me that office could not explain. What are you talking about? You now feel I should now stand before you and feel because I'm the best. That's why I'm like this. There's no reason for me not to bow. There's no reason not for me to say sir to you. There's no because I am useless. It's just this grace that you are saying that makes me to be what you are saying. And it must not be kenos. It must not be kenos. It got to a time when the Lord started telling me that be careful bowing for everybody. You bow, be careful. The Lord was saying to me, he said to me, he will still remind me, no, be careful. Be careful. If I see maybe even an abalist, I can bow and say yes. Sir. If he greets me, I say yes. Sir. He said, because of what is upon you, be careful who you bow to now. If you are going to excel in your calling, you must excel in labor. of God is free. But the value that will be derived from it requires work with grace. So enabling grace that makes you to be who you will be requires two things. Number one, God giving you the work to do. 
God giving you a calling. God giving you opportunities. Anyone God wants to help, God gives that person opportunities. Sometimes God's way of making us great is giving us work. Work. Anytime you see God, you want to bring somebody to a dimension that that person will ever imagine he could get to, he will give that person work. So when Apostle Paul was saying, I labor than they all. Yet not I, but the grace of God that was with me, he was referring to what I called enabling grace. What does it do? Is what I've told you. It gives you work. Opportunities that others don't have. It brings you to assignment that others could be rejoicing with if they have it. So sometimes when you are praying, Lord, more grace, more grace, what you are asking God for is, Lord, more work. More work. I'm not talking about salvation. You know we are talking in a higher dimension now of fulfilling your calling and your purpose. So every time you're asking, Lord, ah, can Lord grace, let Christmas church, Lord, turn us to 1,000 Members church. Lord, let Christmas church feel everywhere in Abuja. Let Christmas church feel everywhere in Nigeria. Excuse me, Miss Patient, what are you asking for? More work. So people don't become what God wants them to become because when the enabling grace that gives more work come, they run. If you get this, Everything will change about your life. More grace means what? More work. If you see that the geo today, that the Adiboe, and you are, you are, ah, wow, God has, God has, God everywhere, every, go on. He will tell you when we will be eating and sit and say, let's enjoy Christmas. Is running from of let's go a fishing to another. When you are sitting at home enjoying holiday, and he has been doing that over the years, more work, more work, more work, more work, because every more grace that God gives to you, he gives you more work. So when you are lazy with more work, the grace lose value. So if you're a member of the choir and they, you are not saying, Lord, ah, Lord, I want to serve you more. God now makes you a choir leader. I hope you know that a choir leader is, is different from a member of the choir. <laughs> if you are a minister and I, I hope you know that being a minister is different from being the lead pastor or be an assistant pastor. It's more work. So why do you see people celebrating titles without resort? It is because when more work comes, they are lazy. So the only 
thing they can tell you about they are left with is title. Apostle, so, 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 glory to God. What has the apostleship generated on your life? Do you understand the teaching tonight? So number one thing enabling grace will give you is more work to do. Number two, enabling grace will give you the energy to do it. When God wants to give you grace that will make you to be what you never imagined you can be in his hand, to excel in your calling, he will give you not more work, but he will give you the energy to do it. You don't use that energy to sleep. Go and ask David, King David in 2 Samuel chapter 11. David was seeking the Lord. God gave him more work. And then he gave him the energy. The day King David was sleeping in 2 Samuel 11 when the kings were supposed to be in battle. And in the evening time he just rose up and he was just walking along the back lane and he saw a woman having a bath. And he sent for that woman. And that brought adultery to his kingdom that injured the kingdom of David till today. It is because of what? Because he rechanneled energy. See, any energy God has given to you and you don't use it for him, we accomplish another purpose that won't bring profit to you nor to the kingdom of God. Some of us don't know why you are energetic now. Some of us don't know why God is keeping you from sickness. Some of us don't know why opportunities are just opening, why you can be the one. There are people that they are natural, they are endowed doers. When you say, oh, this is what to do, eh? they have, this is a he's, he's seated here. He has energy. Eh? This person you are looking at. has energy to run here and there. He won't be tired. What can get you tired is not getting him tired. You can't envy him. What happens to him is that God is giving him energy for the work that will increase his grace. You are a doer. I hope you know. We started a walk in this land when we were posted here. My wife knows. God deliberately, because God knows that I am a starter. I don't have such energy of a doer. I can start two, three, four, five as God has released the grace. What you don't even imagine can be done. But when I ask, this is what God wants us to do, we start. You say, brother, begin to run, begin to <laughs> So when we were coming to this land, my wife and I, there was a particular pastor just finished from the Bible school. Pastor Richard. He just said, sir, we wanted to drive. The car given to us. We couldn't. I could I think probably drive to Abuja at that time. In Abuja, he was going to follow us. I think we have been in Abuja for some time. But we went for a problem. He now followed us. That was the time we wanted to plant the chapel of praise. Do you know all the rigors behind the planting of the chapel of praise? This brother who was a doer was in charge of it. 
He will say to you, he says, sir, sir, we can do this today. Let's go to Timbashid. I'll just be walking like this. You know, my wife is also, she's also a doer. She's also a doer. And I know some, some of us, many of us are doers there. She's a doer. Many of us are, you are doers. Pastor Yinka is, uh, <laughs> you know, I think he's also a doer. Eh? A silent doer. It's a doer. It's a doer. God giving you energy and you are using it to be waking up by 10 a.m. You are wasting grace. It's chaos. Somebody say chaos. That's chaos. You are wasting it. King David was supposed to lead them to battle. He has requested for more grace. God has given him more work. He has become a king. You don't become a king to rest. You become a king to lead. And you know, thank you, he slept. And devil said now, a misuse of divine energy. We will help you know where to rechannel that energy. So he woke up on the bed, his boys were at the battlefront. And you know, our own battlefront can be while others are in the church praying. You are rolling on the bed. Eh? That was what happened to David, though. Don't think the battle now is maybe the battle we are facing one another. We are still in the battle of David, though. I hope you know. And there is a king in your life that must not be sleeping when you're supposed to be in battle. When you are not sick, sleeping, no prayer, you can't even check when you have studied the Bible last. Let's go for evangelism. You are not there. Let's, you are not there. Let's do the, you are, excuse me, where will you be? What are you using your energy for? Let me ask your neighbor, what are you using your energy for? Do you hear what I've said tonight? Has the Lord spoken to you? Enabling grace. How does he come? God gives you more work to do. Some of us now, God is speaking to you. You are limiting the energy he has given to you. The enemy is taking advantage of it. Don't let the enemy hijack your energy anymore. Energy that is meant for the kingdom of God. That's supposed to lift you to a place that God wants to make you. What are you using the energy for? What? If you don't use the energy meant to excel in your calling, Satan will be redirecting that energy for his own purpose. People who suppose to be battling in the place of prayer are using energy to fight. Energy to quarrel. When they are quarreling like this, ah, I won't take it. I will. And that's the energy they're supposed to be using to God. Groaning. God. You don't use energy for grace. Enemy we hijack it and use for his own pleasure. Say I refuse kenos. Say it loud and clear. I refuse kenos. The grace of God. Upon my life. Shall not be kenos. I know it's time to, to, to pray. I've not even scratched my message. 
I hope you know I've not scratched it. Now, let me tell you something. Let something stir up in your heart tonight that you will not use any energy that God is not gaining from. He's telling you that you are wasting the grace of God on your life. I have chosen to weary myself for God. Why? I will leave this world one day. One day. One day. And you know something? If I use all this energy for what is not going to grant me gain, do you know every one of us? We will receive reward according to our works. Not the work of not knowing Jesus. So, this is after you have known Christ, work begins. So, when you have known Christ, your reward in heaven is based on your works. And the, not just on your works alone, on the quality of that works. Go and check 2 Corinthians chapter 3 on how, what you do, how you build, what you build that work upon. The next few years now, my age, what will it be? I wanted to carry a jerrycan some, some time ago. He was there. I will carry the jerrycan like this. I will just, the 50 liter, is it 25 liter? 25 liter. I carry it one, just one. At least with the grace of God given to me. And he came. He says, sir, I will carry two at the same time. I said, you carry two. He said, and he carried two. I was looking at him. It's not that I can't. But when I carried two, there was a time I used to carry it like that. But I better give myself sense now. Is that not pointing you also to a time is coming? You may not be able to carry it again. If my strength, if I get to a point that, ah, look at Oh my God, the only thing I want my strength to count for, that whenever open record, and the witcher, they said, he has, he, he, he wearied himself for the work of the Lord. That's all. That, that's all. That's all. Go and check the word labor. The Greek word for what Apostle Paul said, I labor more than them. Do you know what it means? Wearisome toiling. You serve the Lord to a point of willingness. Your, your strength. You, you just know that you, are, you get home like that. You get, how many of us are now doing that for the Lord? What are the things gaining from your strength? Uriah's wife. Money. Please rise to your feet. I've not brought you to the point where this message is supposed to eat where we are going, but you can pray. Just pray as we close. And as it comes to you, I just want you to plead to God for help and mercy. Lord, don't let your grace be chaos upon my life. In any way, I have been misusing oh, the strength, the energy, the grace has afforded me. Lord, 
have mercy on me. Will you cry? Will you cry to the Lord? Will you cry to the Lord? How much energy has God been gaining from you? How much energy? How much energy? When it is time to pray, that's when we are tired. When it is time to go for God, that's when you know that, oh, can I rest a little? And no more, no more, no more, no more. That passionless is not going to be found again. No chaos in our midst. No chaos again in our generation. No chaos. No chaos. Every one of us, we will weary ourselves out for God. We will toil for the Lord. Let the Lord know. Lord, you have my strength. You are the reason for my energy. You are the reason for my energy. It will be spent for you. I will not reserve it. I will not reserve it. I will excel in my calling. Devil will not gain the energy God has given to me. Oh, flesh will not gain it. Immorality will not gain oh Pharaoh will not gain it the grace upon my life will not be chaos pray with all the grace of God upon me will not be chaos. Are you groaning at all? Red bedes kapalya tepeta e kakakapaboshe kadabozeta hande aposheta kapalya. Oh, thank you, Father. In Jesus' mighty name, we are prayed. Amen. Maybe I will teach you, if the Lord permit me, on excelling in wisdom. It's part of dimension of excelling in grace. At a time, the Lord, I was, I was, I was, um, I was passing through a place, and I saw. A man, hold man, doing one strenuous thing. And I pity that hold man. This person I'm talking to you should be more than his hates. And as he was laboring, the Holy Ghost called my attention. I had compassion for him. And as I looked at him, the Holy Spirit said to me, If this man had used his strength like this when he was younger, he will not suffer the use of this strength at this time. Can I tell you, if you use your strength well, the energy which is the grace that God has given, spending everything for God. See, David he got to a time. He could no longer go to. They were the one who told him. Sir, you can't go to the battle. He was there. But do you know something? 
he has used his energy for God. All those who surrounded him, they were winning for him. Do you know why some people's end become terrible than their beginning? It's because they have wasted their strength at the beginning. You better use your energy for Jesus now. You better use your energy for Jesus now. You better use your energy for Jesus now. Will you lift your voice to him and pray? Lord, don't let your grace upon my life. Don't let it be chaos. Oh, Whatsoever that is not of you, that is not eternal, that is not of your purpose, will not exert on my strength anymore. Lord, I will give you your energy that you have handed over to me. It will be used only for you. Not reserve it. I will not reserve it. Lord, help me. Lord, don't let your grace become chaos upon my life. Don't let your grace, if that is only prayer, the grace of God will not be empty upon my life. I will not be an empty carrier of the grace of God in my own lifetime. Oh, my children will not say the grace of God upon daddy. What do we benefit from me? Oh, Mataya Narakayado. Oh, Barakatapayatasa. That generation will not say the grace that God has bestowed upon me is an empty grace. Oh, Lord, help me, Lord. Thank you, Heavenly Father. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Something has happened to you tonight. From today, God's grace will not be chaos on your life anymore. You know, as you take the meal, this communion tonight. You know why I was preparing this message? The Holy Ghost pressed on my heart that where we will stand tomorrow will be determined by what we do with our God-given opportunity and strength today. Where you will stand tomorrow? Where you will stand tomorrow? Where you will stand tomorrow? I thank God. Holy words, long Of life, words of hope, give us.